that we are a friend of God. We are a friend of God. It's really almost too good to believe, too good to be true that we are a friend of God. All right, this morning, y'all got your Bibles? It's spring. Spring is sprung. I know because half of y'all are sneezing. Blowing your nose. What'd you say? Huh? It's fun. Yeah, we give our boyfriend Benadryl, and then he tells us all the stuff that's going on in his life because it's kind of a truth serum. (laughs) Sorry, bud. You're kind of part of the family. It's just the way it goes. Springtime. What do we do in the spring? We clean, but I want you to know we plow, we sow, we sow seed. It's time for life. It's time for harvest. It's time to work. We've all put on our weight through the winter. Now it's time to work that weight off. I mean, anybody put on a good 10 pounds over the winter and then you try to burn it off in the summer, but unfortunately we don't burn it off in the summer. We just kind of get married to that and add the next one the next year. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you, maybe it's just me. Springtime, it's time to plow, it's time to sow. So we're going to look at Mark chapter 4. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 4. If you've been coming to church, you have heard this message before, but I want you to know that the Spirit of God is here and He is trying very hard to speak to you. He has created you to hear Him. And it is His Word that you are going to be able to live on. Man cannot live on bread alone, but by the Word, the very Word of God. And He is trying to reach you today. So Mark chapter 4, get out your Bibles, get out your iPhones, and let's read Mark chapter 4. Start at verse 1. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. I'm just going to stop right there. The 12 that were following Him were called what? His disciples, and do you know what disciple is a is a form of the word? What what form the word disciple is of? Discipline. I think we miss the whole point of what discipline is. My wife has been has has kind of touched on a new, kind not a new thing, but on, on this topic of discipline. And I looked up this morning the word discipline. The discipline. The word discipline doesn't mean to get beat. It doesn't even mean to be spanked. It means to be taught. And Jesus is teaching. Jesus is teaching his disciples. And I believe if we'll look at Mark chapter 4, the key that we're going to see in this word is, are we a disciple? Are we able to be disciplined by the Lord? And I don't mean be spanked. I mean learn from the teacher. We become so hard-hearted and we think we know everything that we're no longer teachable. And it says in in Scripture that if you're no longer teachable, you're a fool. We've got to be teachable. So can I ask you to just be praying this morning for the Lord to show you whether you're teachable or not? Am I teachable? I want you to know that goes for me. I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to me. Am I teachable? Jesus is teaching again. And a large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got in a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. And he taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath. The birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil while, uh, with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. 
But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seed fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as been planted. Hang in there with me. We're going to keep reading. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should hear and listen and understand, should listen and understand. Later, while Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. But I use parables for everything I say to outsiders, so that the scripture may be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Now, Jesus explains. Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of the parable, how will you understand the other parables? The farmer plants seeds by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message. Everybody say hear. Only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear. Say hear. That hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represent others who hear God's word. Everybody say hear. The desire uh, that hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as been planted. Let's pray. Father, we're here today to acknowledge that we believe that this is the very word of God. We here at Church on the Hill believe that your Bible, that this message is your word, Jesus, that you have given to us to instruct us, to teach us, for us to live by, and Lord, for us to follow. We trust that it is a good word. You have proven yourself faithful by your word. Your spirit confirms your word. They're not in argument with each other. They're in unity with each other. Lord, I pray that those that have come under this church's authority, that we would acknowledge your word as being the word of God and that we would be taught by it. Those that are here today that are still on the fence of following you, God, I just ask you right now just to speak directly to them, that they would hear truth and that lies in their hearts would be defeated. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. So, what is common with all four soils? We all said it. They all heard. Every one of them heard. Do you hear me? (laughs) Here. They heard. They heard the word. They weren't someone that's in a third world that never got to hear the word. They heard the word. So you are one that's here today hearing the word. So you've got to accept that you fall into one of these four because you're hearing the word. Correct? Now we've got to determine which one am I. Which one am I? We look at these four types of soil 
And I want to back up just a minute and go to, go to Luke chapter 5, verse 18. This is um, Luke chapter 8, verse 15. What did I just say? It's like me trying to say the Lord's Prayer. Now, that is so embarrassing for a pastor to just fumble, but I'm telling you, I just draw a blank sometimes. Any of you that have known me long know that I will have a time where I forget your name. I may have known you forever, but I'll just forget your name. Carl, Carl and I will have lunch together, and someone will come up that he knows I should know, and he realizes, oh, the pastor's just drawn a blank. Hey, what's your name? My name's Joe. Oh, thank God. Hey, Joe. I'm like, I know Joe. Not you, Joe. Of course I know you. I'd never forget your name, Joe. But, or your name, Joe. <laughs> Where's my other Joe? He's in here somewhere. I already saw him. Anyway, I got another Joe. Anyway, sorry, Joes. Um, guys, we're walking this earth and we got issues, right? Anybody got an issue? I have them too. But <laughs> one of those funny things that God does to me is I'll draw a blank on the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, help me. All right, Luke chapter 8, verse 11. Luke chapter 8, verse 11, says this. Sorry, Mikey, that's later. Mikey's hearing. He's hearing. The meaning of the parable, the seed is God's word. In this parable, the seed is God's word, which we are getting, which we have. I have God's Word. I have the seed. If you don't have a Bible and you can't afford one, we will get you one today. The church will provide that for you today. Do not leave without one if you want one. All right? So the Word is the seed. So we look at the footpath. And I want you to think about the footpath. When you go walk on the road, can you imagine throwing seed down on the road? A week later, it's still there. Have you ever noticed whenever you've thrown seed out on your yard, the places that are packed down, it's still there. It's not going to grow. That seed needs to get in the ground, split, and come alive. Let God do his thing. But as long as it's on top of the footpath, it can't. Why? Because the ground is hard. It's packed. It's not prepared to grow anything. It's not even intended to grow anything. I hate it when plants grow on my driveway. Does anybody have plants that sprout up on their driveway? How does a plant push through concrete? I don't understand it. God, I put concrete down so there wouldn't be plants. I know, but these suckers are tough. These suckers are tough. If you've got a crack, <laughs> it's coming out. <laughs> everybody say amen. So the footpath, anybody here, is their heart, is their teachability a footpath? Nothing's getting through. You're hard-hearted. You've been hurt. You've been distant. You've pulled back. You can't receive from your spouse. You can't receive from your job, from your authority. You can't receive from the Lord. You can't receive from the pastor. You can't receive because your heart's hard. Probably, you probably have a good excuse for it being hard. I'm not trying to say you've not been through something. I have been there. I can relate to all four paths. My heart has been hard. Do you know the only thing that can soften a hard heart is the Lord? And He can do it in a way that doesn't break you. Everyone else that tries usually winds up breaking something. 
But when the Lord gets a hold of your heart, he can soften. Is your heart hard? Is your heart hard? Will you ask yourself that? Is my heart hard? Second one is the rocky soil. Let's go back to the footpath. It says that they hear and Satan takes it away. You don't even get a shot. There's no way in. Satan just comes and swipes it away. The rocky soil. It says that they hear and immediately receive it with joy, but they have no deep roots. They don't last long. Now, we're going to meddle a little bit for just a minute, and I'm just going to ask you, do you know somebody that's like that? Comes out of a good message and says, man, that message was great. Man, that's just awesome. That's just a great word. Way to go. And then they get home, and their life goes back to hell. But wait a minute. You remember that word? You remember the word that said to hang in there and to get in the word and to start working? Yeah, 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 that's great. Okay, I'll try that. Then they just forget it, and they're gone again. They receive it with joy. We're excited, but it's still not getting in. It's rocky. You're hard. You're excited. You come to church. You feel good. But I want you to know you will not have any fruits without the roots. There will be no fruits without the roots. And roots take time. Roots take time. It does not just happen like that. We must develop roots. Do you know that trees won't break as long as they've got good, good root system? For the most part. And the Lord compares us to trees. We may sway back and forth. That's fine. Wind's going to blow. We're going to have to kind of go back and forth and try to figure out how to get through this storm. But we won't break. If we're breaking, it's because we have a root problem. If we, have a, if we don't have a root problem, we're not going to break. doesn't mean things aren't going to be hard. We're just not going to break. So I want to I ask you. Do you need to put roots down? Roots are strong, healthy. They survive. And can I encourage you when it comes to your walk with the Lord? You can't go too deep. You can't go too deep. Now, I'm not talking about wacky, kooky people. Those people can go a little sideways. You can't go too deep in the Lord. There's no bottom. We can't even grasp the bottom. All we can do is just keep going because there's more and more and more and more. About the time we think we arrived, God puts a little nugget in our spirit again and we realize, oh my gosh, that's so good. Amen. You may not know the Lord like that. It's time. It's, and yes, Juanita, I am looking at you. <laughs> Juanita asked me this morning, she said, do you ever notice that when you're talking, I'm just staring at you because i got to stay focused to be able to listen. I said, Juanita, I typically don't look anybody in the eye. I kind of just kind of skim over because if I do, I lose train of thought. Do you see what just happened to me? You mentioned that to me, so I'm like, I better look at her. And I'm like, okay, I'm gone. What was I talking about? Roots. Yeah, thank you. Everybody say roots. Do I have roots? Do you have roots? The Lord desires for you to grow deep and strong, unwavering, unwavering. Does that define you? 
Or do you, are you defined as someone that as soon as the wind blows, you break? It's good. If you can say, yes, that's me, then what we need to do is we need to go deep. We need to start going deeper. We need to stop going shallow and horizontal. We need to start going vertical. Next one is thorns. It says that they hear but are crowded out by worries, the lure of wealth, desire for other things, and they produce no fruit. They never grow. Uh, Another translation talks about weeds. So I want to ask you, are you easily distracted? Distracted by the things of the world. The moment you're trying to fulfill God's word and walk this thing out. And I will tell you that one of the hardest places to do it is in marriage. These things that are so close to you. These things with your children. Trying to walk out your own personal walk. These thoughts that you're having. These these things that are trying, these temptations that are trying to get you. The second that temptation's there, you're just too weak. You just can't stand. And these weeds... You know what you got to do with weeds? You got to pull them. And if you don't get the root, they come back. My mom taught me to pull weeds way long ago when I was a child, and I would just break them off. You can't see it, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And like a good mother, she'd come behind and say, Yeah, you're not getting it by the root, go back. a good mother. Go back or we're going to be doing this again. We've got to get them by the root. The problem as you're dealing with these temptations and these desires is you're not getting them by the root. You're chopping them off at the top of the ground. And you're not allowing the Lord to genuinely go in there and pull those things up. It's time to get aggressive. We talked last week about David and these giants. These giants are these weeds. You think if you don't have some big huge giant show up that you don't have any problems but you got weeds all in your yard. And they're drowning out what God's trying to do. How many, how, how many, how many here have weeds in their yard? <laughs> if I didn't have weeds, it wouldn't, my yard wouldn't be green. It'd be dead. <laughs> how many here, their life looks like that? I'm not trying to hurt you. The Spirit of God's trying to wake you up. He has a better plan for you. There's no way you can have a harvest without seed, without plowing and sowing. It's impossible. You must sow and plant. But if you're sowing on the rocky soil or in thorns or on a footpath, it's not going to grow. No matter how much you pray over it. If I throw seeds, tomato seeds up here on the stage and I pray over them every single day, I will tell you we will not get tomatoes. That sounds silly, but that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to not soften our heart. We're trying to not deal with our weeds. We're trying to ignore the rocks that are in our lives and expect God to bless it. Because it's, whoa, 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 I know how to, I know how to get that to grow. Let's look at it. It's the good soil. I want to read uh, Luke chapter uh, 8, verse 15, Mikey, from the message. And it says, but the seed in the good earth, these are the good hearted, the good hearts who seize the word and hold on no matter what, sticking with it until there's a harvest. It doesn't say that you have to go through therapy for years to get your heart right. 
It doesn't say that we have to go through blood, sweat, and tears in order to get seed in the ground and to have a good crop. It's that we start today. And it doesn't say that we just hear the message. It says that we seize it. It says that we grab hold of it. If we go back to the New Living that we read, it said the seed that fell in good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word. That's the seizing. I don't just say it's a good word. I accept it. I accept it down deep in my spirit. Something has happened in your life where you have accepted that 2 plus 2 equals 4. And nothing can talk you out of that. Someone can tell you 2 plus 2 equals 5, but you know better. And you're not going to live your life according to that. Any of you here own a diesel? Have you ever put regular gas in a diesel? No one can tell you that regular gas will work in that diesel. You know better. You have accepted the fact that you've got to look for the green pump, make sure it's a different size nozzle because it won't fit, and you better get the right type of gas. If not, your car is going to stop and your motor is going to be ruined. You've accepted it. My car is a diesel. We have got to accept the Word of God. That no matter what, I'm not going to that pump, I'm going to this one. As I run empty, I know where to go. I know where the fuel station is, and I can't go forward until I get there. I've got to save everything. I've got to save my money. got to make sure i got money in my account so that when I go to get gas, I can pay for it. So when challenges come, what tank do you go to? What fuel are you pulling from? Are you pulling from that hard heart? Are you pulling from that footpath? Are you pulling from that rocky soil? Are you pulling from those thorns? And expecting God to bless it. God says, no, seize my word and hold on to it. And don't let go until you get a harvest. What does that mean? That means sometimes when you're making business decisions, sometimes when you're making financial decisions, sometimes when you're making marital decisions or parenting decisions, it's going to seem wrong. The word sometimes will seem wrong. It will seem like the other way is easier. Let my child go ahead and go. Let him go ahead and watch that. Let him go ahead and do this. Go ahead and make this decision. You'll be able to make it right the next time. No, God says, no, seize my word. And even though it may feel wrong at the time, even though it may hurt to give that up, I promise you, you will have a harvest. Do you follow that? Sometimes we get going down the road and it's too easy to take the other way. But God says, those with good soil, hold on to my word. And no matter what, stick with it until they see the fruit from it. You will see fruit. It is hard. People that tell you that following Christ is, is the most easy thing ever have never done it. Dying to yourself is hard. It does not come natural to me. It comes natural to my spirit. It doesn't come natural to my flesh. You know about that war between your flesh and your spirit? I have the spirit of Christ. It's all the time warring against my flesh spirit. My flesh. It's a, I'm at war. But those with good soil will produce. How do you have good soil? You've got to have the word. You've got to be sowing the word. And you've got to walk this thing out. And realize when you go sow your field today, if y'all go out and sow your garden today, you will not have fruit tomorrow. 
Unfortunately, we think if we put a tithe in today, we'll get a $50,000 check tomorrow. It doesn't work that way. Let me encourage you. When it comes to finances, here it comes. This drives people away from the church, but I'm sorry, it's God's word. God says, if you will give me a tithe, I will make sure that that 90% will do way more than your 100% could ever do on your own. Let me ask you this. If you're struggling financially, how's it going with your 100%? So why not try God with the 10? Just try Him. God says, just try me in this. And see that I won't pour out such a blessing that there won't be room enough to receive it. And God is not just a blessing of the tithe. He's a blessing of His Word. He blesses His Word. This is just one portion. I'm not after you and your money. I'm, God's after your heart. He wants your soil to be good so that when His Word goes in, you don't get pounded out here. The second challenges show up. He gave His Son so that you wouldn't go out here and get beat to death. Is my heart good soil? If you would say in any way, no, it's not, then all we've got to do is start with the word. Hold on to it. Seize it. And walk it until you get a harvest. Don't stop. Don't stop. The seed in the good earth, good hearts who seize the word, and no matter what, sticking with it, until there's a harvest. If you turn your soil around, and let me, let me just, uh, as I close, um, we got to sit with um, a couple um, agriculture PhDs at lunch uh, Friday, and Elizabeth was so afraid that I would refer to soil as dirt because they don't like that. Fortunately, it never came up. <laughs> But, you know, it is so amazing how we started as dirt. We are the dirt. We are the soil. But if you ever stuck your hands down in good soil, you know, those of you that just hate, hate dirt, you know, I, I get it, but good soil feels so good. It's cold. It's dark. It's moist. You can just feel life in it. You can just feel life in it. So... As you turn your heart, if you're struggling in your job, seize the word and walk it out in your job. If you're struggling in your finances, seize the word and follow it and hold on to it until you get a harvest. If you're struggling in your marriage, seize the word and hold on to it. It will not fail you. The word will not return void, but it will accomplish what it was set forth to do. It will not return void. That's a scripture if you don't know that. It will accomplish what it says it will do. The scriptures tell us that God is watching over his word, waiting to perform it. He is just waiting for you to seize it and for him to say, Oop, somebody just seized my word. Angels, go. Go help that brother. Go help that sister hurting. Go help them. And guys, in marriage, as Joe McGee says, if you seize the word, your wife will suck the lips off your face. That's good motivation for me. Guys, I'm not kidding. Families, I'm not kidding. God's blessing is so much better than anything you could ever imagine. 
more than you can imagine or even think up. God is that good. Hold on to his word. Seize it until you get a harvest. Amen? Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus Christ to save us, to forgive us, to restore us. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I just thank you, Lord. As we're here today on uh, Palm Sunday, we're here today celebrating the return of the king, riding on a donkey, getting ready to be crucified, to die on the cross for our sins for Easter Sunday morning. And Lord, my heart just is, my heart just is, is tender toward what you've done for us and for me, for this church. Lord, it breaks my heart to think of how we act and how much we take advantage of that. But Lord, I just pray right now for a miracle over our hearts. That somehow the unpenetrable penetrable would be penetrated. That the hardest of hearts would be softened. And that, Lord, that we would be teachable. That we would truly be your disciples, those that are taught by God and by his word. Lord, I pray for breakthrough in our lives. I thank you for those that have been baptized today and have renewed or have for the first time made commitments to you. Lord, I thank you that their names will never be blotted out. Never. That they are written in the Lamb's book of life and that, Jesus, you went back to heaven to prepare a, a place for them. Thank you, Lord. We just ask to help us to grab your word and to seize it and to hold it. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.